0: Like You hear it a lot, but you don't really realize until you're in it, is that connections are essentially everything. Once you know someone and they're willing to vouch for you, that just opens up so many other doors.
1: This is Max Q, the podcast by Peabody's Launchpad office, dedicated to demystifying what life is like after graduation. Every episode, we sit down with a recent alum to get their take on what life is like for working artists in today's world. Multifaceted careers, time management, finances, finding balance between your work and your life. We explore that and more on the MaxQ podcast. This week on MaxQ, we're speaking with Ashna Pathan, a film, theater, and games composer. A graduate from the inaugural class of Peabody's Music for New Media program, she graduated in 2022 with a bachelor's in music and a minor in musicology. She currently resides in Los Angeles and works as a full-time assistant to a film, TV, and game composer. Recent projects include the award-winning comedy short Aghast, as well as Senior Year is Going to Kill Me, The Murder Mystery Musical, a project that she also received a launch grant for while at Peabody. Ashna, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We're so glad to have you here on MaxQ. I was wondering if you could start out by just giving us a little bit of a description about what your life looks like right now. And that could be both career and non. Like, we'll take the whole picture.
0: Yeah, so I'm currently living in Los Angeles I'm working full-time as a composer's assistant for a Hollywood composer. And then outside of that, I'm still working on my own films and doing my own scores.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what, what happens in the life of a composer's assistant? Like, what does your day-to-day look like?
0: Um, so as a composer's assistant, you kind of have to be a jack-of-all-trades Um, you have to have the technical knowledge, you have to have the music knowledge, the administrative skills, the organization skills, because you're essentially there to help, The composer do what they do, and so that can mean you're thrown anywhere in the process. Whether that's helping with conforming a cue to a new version of a cut, whether that's helping prepare for a recording session, whether that's sort of repairing a piece of gear that breaks down at the worst possible time, you know, uh, replying to emails. It it can literally be anything on a day-to-day basis. So it it's definitely a job where you don't really know what to expect uh, day to day, but that's part of the fun of it.
1: Oh, my gosh. So I um, I have some hypotheses about this, but I kind of want to know about, like, it seems like you have to be prepared to kind of get into anything. And yes. One of the things that I, I feel like um, I watched you do a lot during your time at Peabody was really just start your own projects. And one of the things I think you, the skills that you gain from that is being able to do just about anything. <laughs> so I, I guess I, the, the the question that I'm leading up to there's like, how, how did you build the confidence or the skills to be able to kind of walk into a situation where you can just pick up whatever's thrown at you in those situations?
0: Yeah. So part of it was my time at Peabody, just learning how to learn new things. Um, just because I felt like at Peabody, um, I was a person who I knew that I didn't wanna go to grad school pretty early. I knew that I wanted to work right after college. Uh, But that sort of made it feel like there was so much to learn in so little time. You know, I had four years to sort of stuff my brain with as much as I could because there wasn't going to be any more after that. And so I was constantly just taking the max credit load, doing as much as I could outside just to sort of stuff my brain. You know, for better or for worse, it wasn't the most healthy thing to be doing, but um, it definitely gave me a lot of different skills that I can apply. Uh, But to be honest, when I first walked into the assisting world, the composer I worked for had a list of skills that were needed, and when I read through that list of skills, I was like, "I have all these skills. This is the, this is great, you know." And so I applied with a lot of confidence, um, but when it came time to actually train and interview, I started to see where things were lacking because in my training. Um, I was asked to do specific things and I was able to do the tasks, but maybe not in the most efficient ways. And that's all of what assisting is about is approaching things in the absolute most efficient way possible to save time. And so I got called out on that a lot when I was training and that was really helpful to my development because then I knew specifically the areas where I was lacking and needed to improve on.
1: Yeah, I mean, you brought up the, the job listing a little bit and that's another question that I have as what was the process of, of finding and applying for this too? seem like you said that there was almost some like um, a training period that was like a probationary period of some kind yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. So it was, this job was a long process. Um, I had met this composer previously. I did a summer workshop um, at uh, NYU does these film scoring summer intensives. And they're sort of really good opportunity to one, meet some of your peers and meet some other, film composers who are going through some different college programs. And then also they pull these um, like active film and TV composers to sort of help mentor the workshops and they'll throw assignments at you and you have to do those assignments and they'll give you feedback. And so it's a good opportunity to get your work heard by some of the composers out here and uh, start to move towards working at that level. And it was also for me a really good chance to get connected with some composers out here um, and so that was how I first met the composer I currently work for, but uh, we sort of lost touch after the workshop and I wasn't, I actually wasn't expecting to ever hear from him again, but I came out to LA shortly after, uh, shortly before I graduated college, cause I knew that's sort of where I wanted to go. So I thought it'd be a good idea during my senior year spring break to sort of come out, visit some studios, talk to some people and see, just sort of get the lay of the land a little bit. Um, And while I was out here, someone else told me that he was looking for an assistant. They were like, do you know him? And I was like, I don't know if he remembers me, but we met last summer at this workshop. And so I reconnected with him. He did remember me. And so um, from there, there was an application. It was like a Google form where it was like rating your skills and describing your experiences working under specific scenarios, um, which I felt prepared to answer a lot of those questions because I did end up doing a part-time assistantship while I was in college. And so I'd gone through some of the skills needed, um, some of the skills that I, that he wanted me to talk about in that Google form. But then after that, there was an interview process, um, and then a zoom training period. After that happened, um, he called me out for like a two month probationary period where it was like, um, it was basically like I was hired on a temporary basis. It had the potential of becoming a full-time thing, um, but we were sort of going to reevaluate after two months um, on whether I was going to stay there. And thankfully, it ended up working out. It was definitely a lot of pressure. Uh, anything that went wrong, I was like, oh, man, that's it. Like, I'm not going to stay here after two months. But thankfully, it worked out, and I've been there a year and a half now.
1: Um, so, I mean, it seems like... Unless I'm misinterpreting it, was basically all word of mouth.
0: Yeah, is how definitely. you found out about the
1: opportunity. Word right? of
0: mouth and connections, like just who you know.
1: Right, right, right. Is, and this is me showing my ignorance of the film industry, but is that pretty typical for like how these kind of assistants are just come open?
0: Yeah. Um, it's such a small community and everyone sort of knows everyone. And so like you hear it a lot, but you don't really realize until you're in it is that connections are – essentially everything. Once you know someone and they're willing to vouch for you, that just opens up so many other doors. There are ways to get in without really having connections. Like you'll find applications in Facebook groups and online for assistantships. Uh, but oftentimes they're either anonymous and so you don't know who you're applying for. And so that sort of opens up a can of worms cause you don't really know what you're walking into when you're applying. And then secondly, they're sort of public and anyone can apply to it. So they're getting like hundreds and hundreds of applicants. So once again, like if you're connected to this composer who you don't know, cause it's anonymous, you have a significant advantage to stand out on that pile of hundreds of hundreds of applications versus, uh, you know, the random composer from Peabody who like they don't know and they, they don't have anyone to vouch for.
1: Right. So, okay. Uh, I, you, you talked a little bit about the, the summer program at NYU and how that was yes. part of building those connections. But I guess the other piece I'm kind of curious about is, I mean, that can't be the, the only way you've kind of done that. So what have been some of the other ways that you feel like you've gone through building networks and, and creating connections with other people in the industry?
0: Yeah, a big one was the Television Academy Foundation, who runs the Emmys. They do this program every year. It's usually an internship. My year it was called a fellowship because it was the COVID year, so everything was sort of restricted and pared down. Um, but basically, um, they under normal circumstances, they'll pair – uh, the Whoever gets the music fellowship or internship, they'll pair you up at like a host studio. And so you'll be interning for a composer the entire summer. Um, so that's a really good way to already get some in-person work experience um, and start meeting people before you graduate. Um, for me, with it being a fellowship, it was a little bit different. It was primarily, we did these sort of career building exercises over Zoom Uh, But then we got paired with a mentor composer. And so I got paired with a composer named Sherry Chung. Um, She was someone who I already looked up to musically, uh, but now sort of even more so having that sort of mentor-mentee relationship. And she's sort of been helpful to me um, in helping me sort of figure out, you know, how to take those next steps, where to go. And she's really good at sort of meeting me on my level and giving me good advice for where I'm at. And so that relationship was invaluable, but also the friendships I made in that program, because there's only one music fellow. Um, There's also like directing fellows, there's writing fellows. Um, So you're meeting so many other people from other parts of the industry. And so one, that's been great for me in terms of getting my own projects, because uh, whenever anyone, any of them need music, you know, I was the only music fellow. I'm often the only composer that they know. And, you know, they got this position, they're all really great at what they do. And so I've had the opportunity to work on some really awesome projects as a result. But even more than that, just making some friends in the industry outside of directly in music, because, the industry is sort of a different beast. And so it's nice to go through it with people. And I have my friends from Peabody who are sort of going through it with me at the same time, but it's also nice to have people outside of music who are in other parts of the industry. Cause we're all sort of doing the assisting thing, you know, going through, you know, similar struggles of like how to make it work in LA with like rising rent prices, things like that. And so it's good to have like a little bit of a community there that you can reach out to. So that's been really great. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I'm wondering if if um, you can kind of compare a little bit uh, what you see as the um, significant differences between your experience and the experience of somebody who's going through maybe the strictly composition program at Peabody. And I think the the entry are, are there. I don't see why there would be, but are there bars to entry that you feel like to doing some of these internship fellow summer programs? Um, for those folks?
0: Um, I've never once been asked where I went to school or what kind of program I went through. So the degree and what kind of program you go through isn't as important. It's more of what you have to show for yourself, what sort of portfolio you have. So if you have like scenes that you can show that you've scored in whatever way possible, then yeah, definitely, like that's definitely not a barrier to you continuing um, as a film composer.
1: So uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about film. Um, But I know that's not the only thing you do. So I I know that you have worked on a lot of different pieces. I know one of the pieces that um, I was most familiar with because I think you got a launch grant for it was a theater piece, a musical theater piece at um, Peabody and Hopkins. Would it be, would you be willing to just kind of pick one of the projects that you built while you were at Peabody and kind of built from the ground up and talk about how that happened and how that worked?
0: Yeah. Uh, So we could talk about the, the big one, Senior year is Gonna Kill Me. It's probably my it. favorite, favorite project to have worked on in college, and it's still semi-ongoing. Uh, but how that started was we have a capstone project that was a requirement in music for new media, and all I knew about it early on was that it had to be collaborative and it had to be a lot of music that was going to be written. Um, and my freshman year, I got really inspired by, there was this really big performance of Leonard Bernstein's Mass that sort of combined a bunch of the different Uh, majors at Peabody and a lot of the different arts communities outside of Peabody. Um, Our program, Music for New Media, wasn't involved in that, but I loved watching it as an audience member, and I realized that I wanted to do something similar that combined all these different fields and all these different majors at school. Uh, But I didn't know what that was going to look like until I started getting into musical theater. Um, I was into like movie musicals growing up, but I'm from Texas, and so I didn't have an opportunity to go to Broadway very often, and I lived far away from where the touring cast came, so I wasn't super exposed to live theater, but living in Maryland, you know, we were right by the Hippodrome, so I I could go see the touring cast all the time, and I would make my way up to New York multiple times and go see stuff up there as well, and so I got really invested in musical theater and started trying my hand at writing a few songs, and that's when the two ideas sort of started melding together and I realized that that's sort of what I wanted to do. Um, And then COVID happened and I wasn't sure how that was going to affect things because suddenly we all weren't, we weren't all together and we couldn't all be together. Uh, But thankfully, I still had another two years before I was going to graduate. And so I started planning for a bunch of different options. Thankfully, we were able to make it work in person, but the first step was sort of coming up with a concept that sort of took the longest time just to settle on what I wanted to do. Um, and then sort of concurrently was starting to flesh out my ideas, write some of the songs as well as trying to find funding. Cause that was a big part of this. You know, (laughs) I wanted to, I wanted to do this right and make sure that, all my ideas could sort of come to be. I also wanted to take advantage of all the resources that we had access to that at Peabody that I knew that I wasn't going to have access to once I graduated. Um, and so the launch grant was a huge part about making that happen. That was sort of our primary source of funding. So that was really awesome. Um, and then from there, um, the first goal was to do a workshop performance. And so we were able to cast the performance that was an interesting process because i think we were looking for seven cast members and we got six to audition um and or we got 7 to audition but then we ended up moving the workshop date and so one person couldn't make the workshop anymore so my roommate ended up hit playing one of the characters he didn't have any sort of acting background but he was just sort of filling in and so the workshop was sort of like a do what needs to happen to make it work it was an unstage performance in Cohen Davison like just to show people what it was and it ended up being – it went down a lot better than I thought it would. Not that I thought it was going to be bad or anything, but I thought that there was going to be a lot lost with the fact that there wasn't any staging, there wasn't any costumes, you know. The the um, instrumental tracks were all – they had like a sort of guide track behind it because the um, – actors and singers were sort of new to the songs and hadn't really gotten it to the point because they'd only been rehearsing with it for like a week and so it wasn't really at the point where they could sing to it without like a guide vocal line to sort of help them out and so I wasn't sure how the audience was going to take it but they were laughing at all the jokes they were they were singing the songs after and so that sort of helped I I was always going to turn it into like a live performance thing but that sort of helped give it some momentum and give me some inspiration to just make it as awesome as it possibly could be. And so we were fortunate enough to get a space at uh, the main Hopkins campus to stage that. I was nervous about that because our original plan was to stage it at a space in the Matten Center. And that ended up getting like closed down because they're gonna turn it into something else. And so I wasn't really sure how we were gonna adapt, but we ended up finding another space at Hopkins that we could stage this in. and it was a real whirlwind to be writing all the songs, revising things, helping with rehearsals, you know, hiring someone to design uh, the sets, uh, working with the choreographers. Like, I felt like I was spread really thin that last semester of college, but it was all a blast. Like, it was probably one of my favorite things to have ever worked on. And I mentioned it's still ongoing because we recorded a cast album and we recorded a video of everything. And I would, I would love for it to eventually come out, but that's sort of been... Uh, like I'm sort of chipping away at that while I'm, I'm working on my day job and working on some of my other things you know I thought I was going to have a lot more time to just flesh it out the summer after Peabody, but I ended up being really burnt out, <laughs> and probably because I, I spread myself so thin that last semester. It's it's funny how that works out, but oh, I spent <laughs> I spent the majority of that summer trying to recover from what was senior year's going to kill me, and so it, it was a blast, but definitely not a sustainable blast.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well put. Um, yeah, I, I, so... Can you talk me through a little bit of the the collaborative aspects of it, too? Because I'm kind of curious about. Um, I mean, if you want to detail, what were your roles, you know, spelled out within the production, and yeah. then yeah, you know, what was the collaborative element that you were like identifying, and how did that change as the project went on?
0: Yeah. So starting off, um, I knew I wanted to be the composer because that's what I do. I was hoping to work with a lyricist and like a book writer uh, but I wasn't, I found some people at first but then they didn't really have the time to commit to a project like this that was gonna need to be done so fast with so much to be done. So I ended up just taking all that on myself. Um, I also ended up being the producer. I thought for a while that I was going to have someone else be the producer. But I sort of had an idea of how we were going to pull this off, you know, and make everything possible to be done in a year. And I had all these ideas. And uh, when I was sort of interviewing other people to be producers, they had a lot of questions like, wait, so how is this going to happen? Like, how is that going to happen? And so it it, it sort of made me realize that like the best producer for something like this was going to be me who already sort of had an idea of how everything was going to happen and and work in a one year time span. Um, but I was fortunate to have a lot of help. Uh, there were the directors who ran all the rehearsals, you know, um, I was there for a lot of the initial rehearsals for the workshop and sort of giving sort of my basic ideas and my sort of artistic vision for what I wanted things to be like. But after the, work perform- the workshop performances, I actually stopped going to, rehearsals as much unless they wanted me to see something because I wanted to give them sort of the creative freedom to take it where they wanted to without me sort of hovering and being like, oh, like, I don't like this. Like, I wanted to give them the space to flesh out their ideas and then show them to me at a later date. And um, I think that really worked in its favor because especially... a similar situation with the choreographers where I sort of just let them do their thing. I had an initial sort of meeting with them where I talked them through some of my ideas and then they worked with the directors and they sort of staged this thing. Um, And that was really helpful to sort of be hands-off because one, that gave me the time and energy needed to work on everything else that needed to happen, like hiring and working with the costume designer, hiring the set designer and managing that, you know, props, everything else, space, Uh, space reservation, um, just everything related to all that. We were selling t-shirts as well, so that. So basically, it gave me the bandwidth to be able to (laughs) handle all the millions of other things that were going on. But it also took it to a very different place than I expected in the best way possible. Um, When I came back and I started being more regular again at rehearsals was close to dress rehearsal time. And that was when they were sort of showcasing where everything was at at that point in time. And there were so many moments that it wasn't like what I had initially in my head, but it was so much better than I could have imagined it just because someone else had taken what I'd put on the page and they'd sort of put their own spin on it. And so I thought it turned out really, really excellent. And yeah, I I really loved everything that went into it.
1: Maybe these these two questions can be connected, but I I heard you mentioned, you know, the, the burnout after being producer and composer and lyricist for this project. But I also love to ask people towards the end um, if there's anything that they are watching or listening or reading that they're really enjoying and they would want to share about at the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, So I sort of compartmentalize what I'm sort of watching into what I'm watching for work and then what I'm watching (laughs) for fun. Yes. (laughs) For work, all the nominees for everything just came out. And like obviously every year there's so many great great projects that don't get nominated for anything it's just how it goes but I also try to make a habit of watching the things that get nominated not only for my own learning score wise but just so that I can talk to people about it in the industry because that's sort of what everyone's talking about at this point in time you go to any sort of event and that's what's on everyone's minds and so it's good to sort of be in the know on what's sort of going on in the industry and what like because all those nominations came out they were because a group of my peers, like composers, got together and they chose these scores as the ones that they were going to nominate. Um, and so I, I always think it's good to sort of watch those and be in the know. For fun, I've been really into the new Percy Jackson series on Disney+. Plus. Um, I um, was a huge fan of the books growing up, and I was sort of waiting for a really good adaptation of it. And I've been really impressed so far, you know, you can tell like a lot of work went into all aspects of it and the acting and the production and the design and the music, you know, and so it, it's it's a really fun watch.
1: Awesome. Okay. I'll make sure to make a note of that. Um, <laughs> I, I think the last thing I have for you is just if you have any advice you'd want to pass along to current Peabody students.
0: Yeah. Honestly, just... Spending time with friends, you know, I think I didn't do enough of that in college. Uh, I think the learning is is very important, but I have talked with some of my um, fellow alums recently, and we all sort of say that like that sort of that sort of mindset we were in in college. It's sort of like the last piece of our childhood, almost, where you can be that sort of you can have that sort of innocent f- fun uh, without it being like about being an adult, you know? Now we're all we all have jobs, we're all (laughs) paying taxes, we're paying rent, you know, we have all the pressures of being an adult. And we still I still hang out with the exact same people I did in college. That part hasn't changed. A lot of them are out here in LA with me and we're we're actually like doing a thing tomorrow as well. And the ones who didn't, we talk on the phone all the time. So those friendships have continued. It's just different because like like one person's a homeowner, one person's like like living with his long-term partner. Like we're all like in, we're all sort of moving forward with our lives and sort of settling down. And so it, it's sort of different. So taking advantage of that time to just be young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Um, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. This yeah. is a lot of fun.
0: Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: To close out the episode, we have a selection from Ashna's score for the 2022 short film, Nurikabe. You can find more of her work on her website, ashnapadanmusic.com, which is also linked in the show notes.